Hey y'all, DFOS here. My goal with this Limitless Theory 360 podcast is to connect you with the very people that have positively impacted my life and will continue to impact thousands of others by providing education-based and actionable techniques to creating a limitless perspective on life. So my guest today is someone that I've been lucky enough to cross paths with on uh, social media just through, you know, chatting back and forth and lots of great, great content. Uh, His name is Taylor. I honestly don't know a ton about him and he doesn't know a ton about me. So this is going to be a pretty cool podcast. He is all about holistic health and a crazy, crazy wide perspective when it comes to fitness. He wants to give you the information and let you kind of go along with it. He is not trying to tell you what to do and what to do. Uh, He is going to bring a lot of value to you guys if you can listen and actually accept some of that perspective so i'm excited to get started uh how you doing man what's what's new what's yeah going on well thank you for the introduction uh i appreciate it and uh yeah that's that's really what my intent is 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 um to to try to break this religiosity that shows up in the industry where people become a zealot for their practice and it's interesting because you brought up how i kind of have a really wide perspective of a really zoomed out view and um, I've done that on purpose because I feel like the more finite and specialized and compartmentalized we make our thinking the the more that creates separation and the more we get identified with it so it's like if I'm a chiropractor and I went to chiropractic school and I only read chiropractic books then I'm going to believe now because that's my identity that chiropractic is the answer for everybody you know, and, and that, I'm not banging on chiropractors. That's for, you know, anyone, massage therapists, PTs, yeah. whatever. So, you know, I think it's a, it's just healthy to be able to expose yourself to these different perspectives that might not even be related in the traditional mindset to like fitness and health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, all of these different studies and practices and, and trades that we've created they don't really exist. They're all, they're all simulations. They're all, they're all dreams or ideas like, you know, chiropractic or massage therapy or, you know, these different um, reductionist compartmentalizations of the human experience. We created them, you know, like the universe does not abide by our compartmentalization of these things. So like when you can take a step back and look at, okay, well, how does quantum physics come into play with this? How does emotional, uh, development and spirituality come into play that, with this? Like, how does, um, you know, uh, the way that I actually dance with my internal dialogue, how does that affect my posture? How does that affect my breathing? And that's really why I named my therapy practice, which is inside of our gym, Divergent Therapeutics. So, you know, divergent thinking is when you start from the middle and you take your thinking away from that middle point as opposed from taking what you know and trying to converge it to an answer. Um, I really really try to make an effort to give permission to myself and to others to be like, hey, have an open enough heart and an open enough mind for you to create your own path, for you to forge your own myth and your own story from your own experiences. And don't get so attached to the identification of, I'm a personal trainer or I'm a massage therapist. And so, you know, that's, that's really what I, I hope I'm hoping we can kind of create a cool dialogue about because 
in the end of the day, man, there is no box. Like no. if, you, if, if you, if you're like, I'm an out of the box thinker, it's like, well, you're still saying that there is a box. There so is you're a still box, yeah. box thinking. <laughs> uh, so. You are putting yourself on one side of the fence or the other where there is no side. It's the same way people talk about uh, black and white. It's like, we live on a gray scale. The pers- the, the, the scale doesn't change. It doesn't like, it is what it is. It's forever. It's going on infinitely. And we're going to grow in one direction or the other, depending on your mindset and your perspective. That's why I named my whole company and what I'm going for limitless because this conversation allows another conversation to have more in-depth tone and to build off of everything is something that can be built off of. Uh, and it doesn't matter what direction it goes, it's going to fluctuate, it's going to go up and down. And I think that's a great way to go about life, which is why I added the heartbeat to it. Because yep. when, you, when you have that set mind thinking, you're very set on where you need to go, you think there's a destination that leads to a flat line. The second you stop growing is the second you're dead. So it's just a matter of, of really taking that step back that you were talking about zooming out and that's someone something i learned from my mentors within the athletic training realm which is something we can also talk about like i've i've always wanted to go that athletic training route in school because i realized that everything else was way too centralized everything else was way too focused on one thing or the other but i mean in terms of that identity, the thing I think about now the most because of what I'm getting into with nutrition is, are you a vegan? Are you a pescatarian? Are are, are you doing the keto diet? You know, are you just a meat eater? It's like, why do we have to put an identity on that? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my business partners, she's a registered dietitian. We talk all the time. She's taught me a lot the diet that's right for you doesn't have a name. That's her major saying. And it's the same thing. Like the things that we do for our physical well-being, they're interrelated to the quantum physics. They're interrelated to what you eat. They're inter- uh, interrelated to that mindset you have when you wake up. If you wake up or if you tell everyone, when I wake up, my back hurts. Tomorrow, your back is going to hurt when you wake up. It's not going to disappear. You got to change that story inside of here in order for it to kind of manifest. But on top of divergent, right, growing out uh, in that therapeutic sense, you're, I, I know you through zero point athletics. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So what does that mean to you? Where did zero point come from? So that's a really, really interesting bridge and a great question because to reflect back to you a couple of things that stood out to me about what you said, you talked about there being like this spectrum and that there's one direction and another direction that go infinitely uh, away from each other, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe that that's 100% accurate. And it's interesting because, again, going back to identification, we like to label one as good and one as bad. But if we're going to use some symbolism like yin and yang, for example, yeah. a lot of people have a really, really deep misunderstanding of what that is because it's seen as like darkness and light, positive yeah. and negative. I mean, even if you look at electromagnetism, positive and negative does not mean good and bad. Nope. That just means that there's polarity, right? Exactly. So, Relative yeah. to its yeah. environment. That's yeah. why there's a such thing as a gradient field, right? Absolutely. You're going to go where you're needed. 
hundred percent. Right. And, and so much of that comes down to um, not just the ideas and the intellectual decisions that we make because a thought doesn't really have that much energy until there's a feeling behind it. And when there's a thought and a feeling together, then that usually creates a belief. And then that belief now has been charged with the power of emotion because emotion is a much more uh, powerful electromagnetic property than a thought. That's why our heart's electromagnetic field is 10 times stronger than our brains is, right? Yeah. So when you think about that idea that yin and yang or positive and negative, that they're not in opposition to each other, that they imply each other, that one could not exist without the other, right? Yeah. So if you picture, you know, a line, uh, you know, array or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a spectrum of light. Or well, just basically, radio, if you just picture a radio it, frequency, a vibration. Well, if you just picture, uh, you know, a, a ray that's going in both directions or a line that goes infinitely in both directions. And that's that that's what every waveform is based off of. Right. There's this zero point. There's this balance point, And then there's the fluctuations that happen that are the dance between that polarity. Yeah. And we get attached to uh, what we think is good or bad in regard to that. So, like, for example, when we wake up depressed or anxious or we're in pain, we immediately create a negative association with that in our mind as if it's not supposed to be happening. And that's all mindset. That's a victim mindset. That's someone who feels like the world is not safe. That's someone that has trust issues because they think life is happening to them and not for them. But that's what we have the power of uh, to do as conscious creators is to choose what part of that frequency we want to atone to. So it's like when you atone to something, then you are also creating a vibration that is in harmony with it. So like if I say, all right, let's say I wake up, I'm a little depressed. Uh, I'm in some pain. I'm in a low energy state. Well, I can atone to that and meet myself there and confirm it as, oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm failing. Uh, I'm not doing the right things in the gym or, you know, I'm not worthy or all this self-fulfilling prophecy, self-defeating mindset. Or you can look at it, okay, here's an opportunity for me to learn and grow because the pain teacher and the discomfort teacher is coming to meet me and provide an opportunity for me to transmutate that agreement that I've made to that being a negative thing and turning it into a doorway into a a direction of growth you know one of my favorite quotes is our wounds become our wombs so every time you get cut that wound is a doorway it's an opportunity it's a it's a vagina you know it's, it's a way to be reborn through that and that all comes back down to again are you in resistance to the natural flow of nature because it's not always summer man the sun yeah. set you know yeah. so it's like when i and and because i've i've well, let me make sure I'm precise with my speech. I've experienced uh, major waves of anxiety and depression my entire life. And I don't think that I would have the passion and the drive and the knowledge that I do today if I didn't have that, because it was such an uncomfortable experience that it really forced me to start looking at myself in a way that I had to learn how to let go of my attachment to the addiction of the high, because I would get on these huge highs. Like I'd work with a, work with a client that was in severe pain or severely depressed or whatever and get phenomenal results. And I'd be like, all right, I know what I'm doing. I I'm definitely a legit therapist and trainer. Yeah. This feels great. And then my next session, they would hit me up like, Hey, I feel worse. And then I was so insecure and so attached to the high of helping someone that it would bring me right back down to this that whole was. other spectrum. Right. Because and 
Yep. And it's because I was so <laughs> identified with it. Just like I was saying before, my whole identity was wrapped around my ability to help people mm-hmm. and my uh, success or, or, or failure with, with a client. And I internalized that and I made it personal and it created a lot of disharmony because I would get frustrated with myself and beat myself up. I'm like, well, why, why couldn't I help that person? What did I do wrong? You yeah. know, instead of looking at it like, oh, wow, okay. I did that technique with 10 people. They got great results, but the 11th person, it made them worse. There's an opportunity now for me to learn and have a greater depth of understanding because I'm not so identified with it and so frustrated with myself that I close myself off energetically. I'm like, oh, wait, this is a gift. This is a gift that's coming as the sensation of pain for both of us because I'm hurting that they're hurting. And that is that womb that I could be reborn through and, and, and grow from. So, you know, I guess to come full circle and answer your question, um, when you picture that spectrum of yin and yang, positive and negative, and you let go of the attachment to one being good and one being bad, then that's the trinity. That's that zero point. That's that infinite potential. That's the quantum realm. That is the ability to take whatever potential reality we want to pull into the present moment and manifest it because we're not reaching or running. We're not having craving or aversion. We're just being present with what is and we let go of our attachment to the outcome. And then that's when miracles happen, dude. That's when like stuff just starts showing up in your life because when you're that open to just receiving and you don't have the fear of not enough or the desire to have more, which are really the same thing, just wrapped in two different packages, (laughs) then you're actually able to receive. You know, and so that's what zero point is. That zero point is the infinite quantum potential. It's that balance point that dissolves the duality, that dissolves the polarity where you have the ability to now make a conscious choice from that place of how you want to dance with that flow of life. And it's the, the one thing that I really took from that is one that you give a fuck outside of the gym what's going on in life and what's going on with your clients uh two i said one thing but there's a couple things Uh, (laughs) (laughs) two when you talked about that being identified to that energy whether it's you helped 10 people and that 11th one came in or you helped that one person 10 times straight and that 11th time they came in it was like no 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 that person probably walked through the door with negative energy, right? And like, I didn't get the results that either you said I would or that I felt last time. Mm -hmm. And you can either attach yourself to that, right? Or you can bring more positive energy into that situation and now you balance out that polarity. And all of a sudden, now you have room to grow, both of you in that infinite potential on that zero point i guess is what you were saying right on that line of trinity um dude how how old are you if you don't mind me asking i'm 25 you're 25 word i was like he you appear a little older uh-huh. but i had a feeling when i first watched your content i was like he's probably around my age yeah I'm, I'm, also- I'm 23 oh for sure dude heck yeah, yeah. good stuff yeah. I, I could tell that we were both in the same age range. I just couldn't tell. And then when I saw you on camera, I was like, yeah, he looks a little older, though. I don't really know. <laughs> but you definitely have that that wisdom, bro. You definitely have that wisdom. I love it. Um, so now you're – we talked about this a little earlier, but you're in 
Cala Mesa, California. Where did you grow up? Where, where did you study? Where did you, I mean, we got a lot of questions, but we'll start there. Yeah, you know, that's, that's another kind of interesting deep dive because, um, well, I was born and raised in Hawaii on the Big Island. And uh, when, I was, uh, when I was born, I was born with some pretty severe structural issues. Okay. So I had a condition called uh, plagiocephaly. And plagiocephaly is essentially, you know, when we're, when we're born, as newborns, our craniofacial uh, joints, our sutures, are not closed yet because our face and head and brain and everything has to grow. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the whole entire left side of my skull and face was kind of all fused as one bone. And so it caused my, my brain and my center of gravity and kind of my whole development to be a little thrown off. And so initially they wanted to do this really intense surgical procedure where they were going to like remove part of my face and like cut bones apart and like do all this crazy crap. And um, my parents were, were pretty, pretty hippie, holistic minded. And they're like, yeah, uh, fuck that. Um, <laughs> we're going to do some like physical therapy, some cranial sacral therapy, you know, like kind of traditional holistic body work, chiropractic, massage therapy, you know, some exercise, stuff like that. And uh, I I actually don't remember any of this, um, but uh, apparently a lot of my earliest experiences were getting worked on and doing different, you know, I guess you could say corrective exercises, which I don't know to what depth you could do that at that age, but, you know, just doing body work and and being uh, taught how to feel and be aware of certain things. But like I said, I had a lot of uh, emotional and family trauma as a kid so most of that dude most of my childhood is honestly blacked out so i don't really remember any of that um but um so the first couple years of my life i was exposed to that and then what i do remember is probably around five years of age i started working on my dad and so i'm assuming that because i was getting worked on all the time and mm-hmm. and going through these experiences when you're a kid you kind of just start mimicking you know the environments you're in and what, what you're doing yeah. And uh, we had a lot of like family disharmony and family stress going on. So my dad was having a really hard time coping with it. And I think I kind of empathically picked up on that. So I was like, hey, can I just like, you know, work on you? So I would like start by working on his head and his face and like, you know, doing things that was probably similar to what I was having done to me because I, I don't really remember what that was. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, yeah. But, so yeah, I've always. Can I add go, one thing though? Yeah. Go for it. You, from a conscious perspective, have no idea what what may have been going on but your nervous system will never forget it yep it's forever ingrained in your subconscious in your nervous system so it's not that you had to know what you were about to do but things just felt more right like those pathways felt a little more ingrained so we're gonna go with that yeah well i I agree 100 percent, man and you know it's one of those things too and i don't want to go off on too much of a tangent here but the more and more that i've learned about physics and you know, this, this kind of buzzword is quantum now, but most people don't even really know what that means. And most people have no, no idea, uh, you know, the fundamental principles of quantum physics. But one of the things that is really interesting is, you know, there is no such thing as empty space. It doesn't exist. So this, this space between me and my phone and you and me right now is not empty. It's full. So the quantum vacuum is actually a super fluid crystal matrix of vibrating frequency. Mm-hmm. So all of the information that exists in the universe is available to us all the time. We just have to be able to atone to it and channel that and align to it. And that's why anyone who's been on uh, medicine journeys or deep meditative experiences or long fasts or, um, you know, even lucid dreams, like you can get direct downloads of information when you are open 
enough to receive them. And so, yeah, I I think that a lot of that, because I still have emotional wounds around that, Mm -hmm. um, there, there's still some block there for me consciously remembering that, but I know that it was intuitively, it became a part of who I was. And that's why, like when I do body work with people, and I do therapy with people and even training with people, the number one piece of feedback that I get is that people are like, wow, like you have a sensitivity where you're able to feel where I feel tension and pain and you're able to communicate with me and meet me on a level where I feel safe and I can trust you and there's a level of rapport there. And I think that's just because that intuitive interaction is just part of my DNA. It's epigenetically, it's, it's a part of who I am physically, emotionally, and psychologically. And um, I think that that's really been a gift for me because I've never had a hard time understanding concepts when it comes to the body, like when it comes to movement, when it comes to manual therapy, when it comes to a lot of these different things, it's always just naturally made sense to me. And I think that's just because I had to overcome a lot of those challenges really early. And I had a lot of experiences where I was exposed to that. I think my first chiropractic adjustment, I was like a week old. And so, you know, that's just something that I felt, whether I understood it or not, like it happened to me. Yeah. Um, So, you know, it also probably like you were talking about if you want to reverse engineer it probably created an emotion which created a belief because of a feeling and a thought and all of these things they manifest into what grows on that scale your cells your body your dna evolutionizing has now progressed to a portion of that gray scale where you are where you are now you have that ability to sense people's intuition what's going on with their body where on the scale they are in terms of understanding what's going on in this unempty space right (laughs) they don't most people see it as empty space most people don't understand that absolutely well and seeing that is uh you know again another little tangent that i'll come back around but like that is the fall that is in every religious tradition every spiritual tradition the separation from source that is that idea is the idea that we are separate from each other. And, um, you know, that concept is an ego construct that gets created because it'll, it, it forfeits our responsibility for contributing to the collective consciousness. And it also gives us this kind of cheap form of gratification because now I'm the one that owns this thing, or I'm the one that created it. And it creates this like twisted sense of security because now we're creating a personality structure that uh, gives us a a feeling of validation and identity and purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I don't think that that's always bad. You know, like I put my therapist mask on, I put my boyfriend mask on, I put my business owner mask on. But the second that you forget that it's a mask and you confuse it for your face, you're now in that, that state of separation and now you're cut off from being able to empathically and emotionally connect with people. And one of my favorite, Uh, mythological ideas or stories is the story of Chiron in Greek mythology. Chiron was a was a centaur. So he was a a half man, half horse. Mm -hmm. But he was unique from all the other centaurs because he had a full human body, but just basically like a horse's ass and the horse, (laughs) the back end of a horse. (laughs) So he was supposed to represent like the most um, well developed, the most logical, the most human of the centaurs. And so he was, uh, you know, a great thinker. He was incredibly intelligent, but he had this kind of blessing slash curse from the gods that he had an open wound that would never heal. So he had this constant source of pain, this constant source of, of learning 
through pain that, uh, that allowed him to empathically connect with others in pain so he could guide others to heal. He could heal everyone else but himself. And so, you know, a lot of the stuff that we all go through, because I'm not trying to pay a, play a pity party, like life is hard, dude, we've all been wounded. Yeah. But when you look at that wound as a curse and you look at that wound as something that creates more separation, then you are confirming it and you're, and you're in that victim mindset and that identity. But it's like, for me, dude, I've had so much anxiety, so much depression, so much physical pain that when someone comes in and I can sense that, I can empathically connect with them and be in a patient, loving, vulnerable state with them that then allows them to feel safe and open enough to actually start to reframe that. Because when someone, when you're working with someone and it's like, there's this power differential, like, oh, well, like I'm jacked and I have no pain and I, and I know all this stuff, then you're not meeting the person where they're at. You know, like when you, when you're going to speak to a child and you want to connect with them, you kneel down and you get down to their level yeah. and you relax their, your body and you speak to them as if they're your equal. Because in a lot, you know, oftentimes, <laughs> I think kids have it a lot more figured out than we do. But, um, <laughs> you know, that that kind of archetype of the wounded healer is something that has always resonated with me. But it's kind of a double edged sword, because then I'm still telling myself the story that I'm still wounded. So it's almost preventing me from healing from my <laughs> own trauma and my own wounds. And, and, and so it's an interesting dynamic. But um, Dude, to kind of finish the answer to your question, you know, I started experimenting with that and was exposed to that very young. And I did that for a while. And then as I became an adolescent and a teenager, I got like really lost, man, and, and got into super dissociative mode where I was like World of Warcraft all day, Del Taco all day, smoking weed all day, popping pills, drinking, doing all that stuff. Um, and that was from a lot of other relationships and wounds and things that kind of came up. But um, who really, really influenced me first, who really kind of snapped me out of that uh, was Elliot Hulse. Do you know who Elliot Hulse is? No, no, I haven't uh, Dude, Elliot is a trip, man. Uh, All right. Elliot. He, uh, yeah, he was a, a pro strong man uh, for a while, and he had a little gym in Florida, actually. Dude, you, if you have the opportunity to go meet him, I would for sure go okay. meet him. Do you know um, what part of Florida? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, dude, but he, he's, he's very well known. Yeah, he'd be easy to find. But um, okay. a lot of his old videos was him basically doing kind of what you and I do, and, and this was kind of before Instagram was big, before Facebook was really huge. And most people creating content was doing it all on YouTube. Yeah. And so he created uh, two channels. One was called Strength Camp, which was the name of his gym where he would do like, you know, just basic lifting questions and stuff like that. Yeah. But then he created this whole other channel called Yo Elliot, where they would ask him questions and he would go off on these like deep philosophical rants and like emotional stuff and, and all these different things and all these different doorways. And he started helping me understand. I'm like, oh wait, exercise can be a tool for me to start to gain a deeper understanding of who and what I really am and, and, and a way for me to develop myself to help break some of these neurotic holding patterns and some of this anxiety and some of this depression, because he would like, you know, here's how you deadlift. And I'd be like, Oh, that's dope. And I'd be deadlifting or whatever. And then he would have another video. He's like, here's how you don't get depressed. And he would like jump up and down and scream and shake his whole body and then like do meditation. <laughs> and I'm like, Whoa, there is no separation between these things. Like the mind and the body and the spirit are all reflections of each other. And so he really inspired me. And so when I was about 15 and I was really watching his videos, I just started a little gym in my backyard and just started going like door to door and telling all the kids in the neighborhood that I would train them for five bucks after school. If they what? came over to my house and we'd like lift stones and chains and just dirt and shit like that. Yeah. And, um, 
So I started doing that. And then through that and a little bit of help from my dad, I saved up enough money to actually open a gym in my backyard. So we had like squat racks, farmer's bars, stones, like all that stuff. And um, so uh, when, I did that. When Go did ahead. that initially come to fruition? How, how old were you when you actually started that? Uh, I think I was 15. And then when like the gym had actual equipment, I think I, it was more close to 16. Gotcha. And um, so, you know, at that point I was just fitting and like, I became passionate about it because I started b building my identity around it because it, it gave me this source of validation and strength that I needed at the time. And, you know, a lot of it was superficial, dude, you know, I was doing bench pressing curls and deadlifts and trying to get attention from, you know, from women or whatever. And, um, but I think that was just a natural part of my evolution to come out of this total victimized, introverted, anxious, scared, unworthy identity that I had from, from my childhood. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, man, it was, it was really cool. And, and it kind of evolved into this thing where I was like, I want to master this. Like, I want to know everything there is to know about the human body. Yeah. And, uh, so then, you know, I basically trained people in my backyard until I was 18. And then when I was 18, I had already got the NASM, uh, CPT book way before then I read the whole thing. And then like two weeks after I turned 18, I took the test and got certified and started training people. Nice. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, that was, that's kind of how I got into that. And, uh, I enjoyed it and it was fun, but I kind of, I, at least my experience was, it felt a little disingenuous because dude, most people know how to lose weight. Most people know how to work out to some degree, like that, whether it's walking, doing light weightlifting, just, you know, not eating fast food or whatever. <laughs> and so I started getting kind of frustrated with my clients because I felt like I was babysitting them and instead of actually giving them something that they didn't already know or that they, that, that they didn't have access to on their own, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, so that's what led me down the whole pain and therapy and emotional wormhole, which we can kind of get into some tangents there too. But um, after a while, I just started firing all my clients. I said, look, if you're not going to eat what I'm going to tell you to eat, yeah. if you're not going to do the workouts on your own that you need to do on your own, I'm going to give you one chance. If you don't do it and you don't send me your meals and you don't send me pictures and videos of you working out, I'm firing you. And <laughs> so I fired like 80% of my clients. <laughs> Dude, that's so crazy. Cause the kid I was talking to earlier, my buddy, Jake, uh, revive muscle. He's, very much in the same same mindset of you know everything is very 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 overlapped there is nothing that happens in solitude there is nothing that happens in a vacuum but we talk all the time we went to school together and we were talking earlier like i was saying about the fact that <laughs> like we don't want to babysit people anymore like it's yeah i know but like i want to yeah but like i could and it's just like, no, if you want that solution to really help you with the, the issue you're dealing with, then take it and run with it. Why are you going to fight against it? What are you doing? You're wasting your time. You're wasting my time. You're wasting infinite amount of people's time because everything is connected and you're just refusing to take what you know and put it into practice. Yeah, man. Yeah. And it's interesting though, because, uh, I can kind of empathize with that, man, you know, going back to a lot of the emotional and psychological struggles that I've had, like I found that I do actually have an addiction and attachment to anxiety and depression. Like it became mm -hmm. so much of a part of my identity when I kind of lost myself there in middle school and in early high school 
And then, you know, I had my heart broken and then I went, got real deep into drugs and alcohol and running away and doing this other thing, you know, life happens in seasons, right? So we have like these seasons where we kind of wake up to a lot of our shit and then we, we probably overcome it. We, we learn more about ourselves and then it exposes the even deeper, harder stuff that either <laughs> even deeper layers of the onion. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of us will kind of take a couple steps back and run away a little bit because it's a little scary and intense, but then we build our courage back up again and we get a little deeper and it's this cycle. Right. And so I'm an extremist though, bro. Like I'm either like, all in like show me it all or like i'm on like every drug you can imagine in like la la land in the middle of joshua so it's like you know this weird like oscillation of extremes and i think that's just because i grew up in such an extreme environment emotionally extreme environment that to me it's familiar so like if i'm not like building a business that's pushing me to the absolute brink of insanity <laughs> then I'm not, then I'm just not going to do anything and I'll just run yeah. away and literally just do nothing and play World of Warcraft and eat Del Taco. So it's like this <laughs> weird thing where I've always struggled to, to be in that zero point place where you have the ability to make any of those decisions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting. So I kind of can empathize with them. And it's been, it's been a unique experience because now being sober and not uh, abusing drugs and alcohol anymore, it's kind of funny how I can actually relate with people who use food to cope with stress now. Like I can actually relate with people who use Netflix to cope with stress now, because when I was an alcoholic and on drugs, my diet was perfect. I was meditating. I was working out every day. I was doing all the stuff on the outside that looked really good, but I was still like, you know, popping Xanax bars and drinking tequila. So then it's funny that like now I took all that away and now I'm like, Oh, okay. Actually I kind of understand the person that, you know, uh, goes and gets fast food or like, you know, has to have a candy bar before they go to sleep because that comes up for me more now, you know? And so it's interesting. It's this like kind of never ending oscillating journey of how deeply can I start to connect and relate with my clients? Because at the end of the day, they like everybody really does their higher self, everybody's soul, everybody's heart really does want what's in alignment with their best interest. Like we all truly want that deep down but the conditioning and the shadow and the fear and the personality structures that we build over that, we get attached to those because there's cheap payoffs for them. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when, when I hit snooze in the morning, it gives me this weird reward, not because I'm getting more sleep, but because it gives me an excuse to hate myself. It gives me an excuse to be like, ah, oh, see, I knew I was a failure. I, mm-hmm. uh, my, my small self, see, I knew I couldn't get up at 4.30 a.m. every day yeah. and I get a confirmation from it and I get dopamine cortisol and adrenaline from it the so same i get way. addicted to it yeah and it's the same way that you would get the dopamine effect if you were to get up and were to actually tell yourself that you did do it yep. plus you also the weird thing about the snooze button in my mind is that you feel like you're you have plenty of time and when you don't feel like you have time you create anxiousness and that anxiety is much harder for people to deal with when they accept it than when they don't. Yep. It's the same anxiety whether you have time in your mind or you don't. It's the same yep. thing. But when you get to make that decision, it gives you that sense of like, hmm, I'm in charge. Yep. It's yep. the same way where, you know, I chose the donut. You know, I chose to not, not eat as healthy. So you can't, you know, you, you can't look down upon yourself, even though you're creating the same neurochemical effect within each cell that's vibrating at the same exact frequency on one end of the spectrum or the other. Mm-hmm. Somewhere on that. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. Well, and it's, it's interesting because it's all about how we frame it, right? So it's like I made a video a while back on my therapy page talking about how anxiety is, is I just feel like it shouldn't even be used as a word anymore because yeah. it, it really is a superpower that we just don't know how to channel. Because like, you know, my girlfriend every night, she's like, she, she, it's funny because like she'll lay down and go to sleep and then I'll have my freaking blue blockers on and I'll be on, the, on my phone yeah. uh, taking a quantum physics course. And she's like, how do you fall asleep at night every night reading about quantum physics? And I'm like, well, here's the thing is I'm in a constant state of anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. I have this constant pressure on myself and it's self-imposed. I create it. It's not yeah. from, oh, not yeah. it's totally yeah and it and it comes from this belief system that i'm not good enough it comes from this belief system that i'm not worthy that i have to constantly be creating and accomplishing and doing things to prove to myself that i'm a good person and that i'm worthy and that i'm and and that i'm making my my life meaningful right yeah and so that can be a good or bad thing depending on how you frame it so like what i try to reframe now instead of saying i'm feeling anxious i'll say i'm experiencing a charge of energy or I'm feeling very inspired right now. And I need to now channel that into something. So it's like people ask me all the time. They're like, dude, how do you, how do you know all this crap? Like, how, how, how do you make these connections? And I'm like, well, honestly, dude, it's a coping mechanism. Like I have an addiction to learning. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and for me, I, I know that at some point too, I'll have to shed that shell and I'll have to let that go too. But for right now, it's a hell of a lot better than me drinking and doing drugs. So I'm using that. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it because we all, we all cope. We all experience something and we all cope, whether it's, you know, in a positive or negative way is for us to identify with nothing is positive nor negative depending on its relativity. But I, I just think that learning is a is a complete addiction and i don't know that there's many people out there that have figured out how to shed that because it's it's so rewarding in what we identify as a positive sense mm -hmm. but we don't see the negative connotation of always needing to learn something always needing to figure out the answer why 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 because nowadays learning why is associated with facts yep. as opposed to working in right yeah and yep. feeling it yep. actually vibrating on that frequency to download that information immediately mm -hmm. instead of reading or watching that information downloading it consciously and then trying to add it into that field and, and trying to manifest it and push it back out into that frequency. It, it's a weird, weird, weird way to think about it. But how do you deal with those people that just don't want to understand where you're coming from and why you, your drive is there? How do you deal with that? Cause there's so many more of those people than there are people that actually understand where you're coming from. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Well, you know, going back to that kind of polarization or that scale of duality, it's almost like, you know, science has become the new age religion. So people believe in science, right? And people also who believe in science think that they 
in turn, that is in opposition to spirituality and religion. And it's the same delusion that they're in opposition to each other. So like there's a big difference between opposition and apposition. Apposition mm -hmm. are two things that, that push on each other, but they do it to support on each other. They lean on each other. They build on each other. Uh -huh. So like spirituality is just the science we don't understand yet. So yeah. there is no, there is no, um, there's no conflict there. We create that conflict because again, we want to identify with one or the other. We want it to be black or white. And, and that separation again is why so many people can't see and hear each other. Mm -hmm. So like you just brought up, like when you meet people that don't understand that drive um, and that kind of like, you know, endless channeling of that charge call that we are letting go of the definition of anxiety for. Yeah, sure. um, I actually will sit and I'll say, okay, if they're not really understanding that aspect of me, there has to be some reflective component where I'm not understanding an aspect of them because people who don't understand that drive, the people that are not super analytical and logical and don't need to know everything, they're usually actually a lot more emotionally healthy than the one, than us who <laughs> need to know everything. Right. So it's kind of like, I, I say this sometimes where I'm like, Hey, so it's like, it's like, who's more woke? Like who's actually experiencing a higher, a, a higher like vibe, vibration of life. Is it the Amish people? who just know in their heart and it's a knowing that you could never take away with any amount of science or any amount of anything that they're like eternal light beings that are going to go back to source and, and that they live from their heart and they just, you know, life is so slow and, and they have that level of certainty because it's an emotional experience because belief is an emotion, like belief is a feeling. So it's like they feel that sensation of freedom and vulnerability and surrender and trust. Whereas we're trying to logically create a story that yes. then gives us that emotion. So it's like they're having the direct experience and then we're trying to create it through analysis and logic and understanding. So it's like their heart chakra is probably working a lot better than ours and our third eye chakra is probably working a lot better than theirs. Yes. So then when I meet someone like that and they're like, dude, why do you even care about this? Why are you trying to figure this all out? <clears throat> it's funny. One of my best friends, his name's Cameron, and uh, hopefully he watches this because he'll yeah. get a kick out of this. Uh, he, uh, he's just- We gotta tag him in it. <laughs> yeah, we'll tag him in it. So he's just an incredibly unique individual. Um, and he does not have like, I mean, he's in very intelligent and he definitely has a desire to learn and understand things, but his sense of identity and security is not associated with it. Like, it's just like, he doesn't have the pressure. He has, he, he learns because it's just like, he is naturally inspired and there's just like a creativeness to it. And it's just like, Oh, this is cool. Like, you know, and he enjoys the process and like, you know, he can reread a book multiple times. Like I can't tell you, I'm like, I need to go back and reread and re-listen to every book I ever have yeah. because the second I finish one, I'm like, where's the next one? Where's the next one? Where's the next one? Right. <laughs> yeah. And so like, he just lives at this, this, this level of security that, I've never been able to experience. And a lot of that has to do with the way he was raised and, and his relationship with his wife, because it's very unique. And so it's interesting. So when I, when I meet with someone and, and they're kind of at that level, I don't try to change them or reframe them. I'm like, how can I slow down enough and be and create an emotional state where they actually will be able to hear me and I'll be able to hear them. And that's what empathy is. And I've had a really, really hard time with that my whole life because <laughs> the second someone has a, the second someone is struggling, I put it in a box where they have a problem I can fix. So then I'm immediately implying there's something wrong with them. 
And it's like, yeah. they might just be having an experience that they're asking for support through and they might not see it as it being something wrong. So no. when, when someone comes in like that, I'm like, okay, well, how can I slow down, get out of my head and get into my heart and create a energetic, safe space where there can be an exchange where there's something that might not even be um, analytical or, or logical, you know? And, and when I meet with those people, a lot of the time, I'll just turn my head off, dude, and I'll just do intuitive body work. I throw all the biomechanics out the window. I throw all the science, all that BS out the window. Yeah. And I'll just like put my hands on their chest or put my hands on their head or put my hands on their feet. And I'll just try to get grounded and sense, okay, let great spirit guide me. Let my intuition guide me because that's where they're at right now. Yeah. And if they're not able to receive like, okay, all right, I need you to activate your left adductor and yeah. do this and that and like <laughs> exhale and pause and then like relax your face. If, that, if that's not where they're at, then I'm not going to be able to meet them where they're at. And then it's not genuine anymore. Then, then I'm putting myself on this pedestal and I'm not meeting them where they're at. And actually it might be the other way around. They might be up here and I need to bring myself up to their level, you know? Yeah, um, so it's, it's interesting because as long as you have the mind of like, I am also open to learning and receiving with every client I work with, then it, it dissolves that pressure. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not here to fix you. Like we're here to explore a situation together and we can both learn and gain from it because they come to you with a situation and you come to them with a certain thing of knowledge so your knowledge is no good without a situation and their situation is no good without the knowledge so no one's at a higher level no one has the answers yep it's a matter of utilizing what information both of you have and coming together at the same level like you're saying to actually figure out a solution or not even a solution because there may not be a destination. There may not be an end result. Most of the time, it's just a constant evolution. One fixing, we'll use that term lightly, fixing one thing is going to lead to the exposure of another, right? Ooh, Same yeah. way you, you layer back that, uh, that onion mm -hmm. and the deeper you get within, you know, over one summer just leads you to a deeper issue the next summer. Yep. Yep. And the deeper you cut that onion, the more you cry. <laughs> yeah, every time. Dude. Every yeah. time. That's yeah. Crazy. Uh, and then I think a big thing for everyone who's kind of listening and watching is just to realize that nobody understands a hundred percent of what's going on, but the, there's such an, a delicate balance and dance of, of each one of our lives and the decisions we make every day. So to give everyone some insight into how you balance that out, what does your day look like? What does your morning routine look like? What do you do at night besides put your blue blockers on and read some quantum, uh, some quantum physics? Like what, what do you do to take care of yourself? Yeah, man, that's a constantly evolving question. And uh, you know, this is one of the things that, has created a lot of um, guilt, shame, resentment, uh, feeling of um, almost being um, an imposter. Uh, have you ever heard of imposter syndrome? No. So it's almost like you feel like who you genuinely are is a lie or who you are is fake. So it's like confusing that mask for your face kind of an idea. Okay. So and it speaks for itself. It is kind of what it sounds like. Gotcha. Yeah. So I've kind of struggled with that a lot because 
again, I have a very addictive personality. I have a lot of neurotic habits. I have, um, you know, a lot of wounds that I'm still in the process of letting go of. And so when I look at people that I consider mentors, whether it's Paul Check, Elliot Hulse, Aubrey Marcus, Tim Ferriss, um, you know, whoever, I, and I look at them and, you know, I listen to their podcasts or read their newsletter and they're like, oh, this is my morning routine. Like I wake up, I do a cold shower, I meditate, I do Wim Hof breathing, I journal, and then I have keto coffee and then I do bioenergetics and then I go for a run and it's all done before 5 a.m. Like, you know, Jocko willing, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. and then so it's, I have to be really careful because I have this perfectionist mindset because when you have that perfectionist mindset, which is unattainable, it constantly reaffirms, I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. And so honestly, dude, I struggle with that. Like I have, I'm, I'm, I'm in a process right now where I'm just now starting to get back into a healthy routine. And for me, uh, there, I had to just pick two things that I was going to make non-negotiable. Because if I try to do an ice bath, a meditation and journal and run and do all these things, <laughs> I'm setting myself up for failure every time. And it's just because I'm not uh, at a place in my life where that naturally comes up for me. And to me, the guilt and shame that I put on myself for not being that way is more destructive than just working with the few things that I can control, right? Dude, so speaking the exact same, like we're experiencing the exact same thing. I literally, I couldn't even make this up. This is crazy. Keep, uh, keep going. Keep going. So, you know, my current, my current morning routine uh, has changed the last month because we just moved into a new, a new location. We have this beautiful, humongous um, gym with uh, huge plans, dude. We're putting in a huge organic garden down the road. We're building an obstacle course. We're going to have turf and outside conditioning area. We got a 2000 over 2000 square foot personal training area an almost 10,000 square foot classroom area with offices and sauna ice bath. Like we got all this badass stuff. And so um, moving into the new facility, uh, we started offering a lot more classes. So like every morning at 6am, I teach a working in class. So I've needed to wake up, uh, you know, at the same time every day, prepare and get into a routine. And for me, routine has always been my struggle. Like understanding concepts, communicating, articulating ideas, doing therapy with people, working out, all that stuff's been easy. Sorry, go ahead. Or even telling people to do a routine is easy. (laughs) It is. It is. Yeah. But it's so hard to maintain one. Like I get so bored. Like when I finish a book, I want the next one. Yep. When I yep. experience something for two weeks, I'm like, all right, that was pretty cool. What can I do? You know, yep. what else can I add or, or how can I switch it up? Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I feel like many people, especially many gifted and, and, and intelligent people are that way because it's a form of dissociation. So if, if, if I'm constantly looking for an answer, I'm assuming I don't have the one. Right. Yeah. And it's like, dude, all this shit works. Like if you, like, if you <laughs> yeah. just meditate, like, like fuck journaling, fuck the breathing exercises, like screw all that, the keto coffee, the cold shower. Like if you just meditate every morning, that shit works. Same thing with cold exposure, same thing with journaling. Right. But for me, I'm like, you know, this, I'm in this information overload state where I'm like, no, I have to do it all because if I don't do it all, then I'm not good enough. You know? So it's, it's been this thing where it's like, I'm like, okay, I need to just pick one or two things and commit. Because it's the same issue all my clients have. So now I almost have this like feeling of being a hypocrite 
and it's layered on top of this guilt and shame where I feel like I'm almost being disingenuous mm -hmm. because I'm leading people to all this information that I, I dude, I, I, I'm, I'm an information, ma I've mastered information, yeah. but I, I'm, I'm terrible at the practice, not the practice, but the continual practice, the consistent practice. The consistent right? application to your own life. Yep. And that's because I have a fear of letting go of the identity that I've created, which is this self-defeating, self-fulfilling prophecy that I bought into at a young age. Because for me, honestly, I'm not afraid of failure at all. Failure is very familiar. I've failed at, in, at everything I've ever, ever done. So it's <laughs> like, to me, failure is safe. Like, and it'll give me a good excuse, right? Well, if the gym goes down, then I can just become an alcoholic again. And that's easy, right? <laughs> I'm afraid that. of success. Yeah. Yeah. I'm afraid <laughs> of being wildly successful. So like, yeah. for me, it's tricky because now I'm like, okay, well, what, what can I reasonably do that will start reframing this mindset of me being inconsistent or of me being disorganized or of me not having a routine. So mm -hmm. the two non-negotiable things that I've been doing, and I've been very good at this because it's only two things, because I can only really handle two things right now, yeah. if I'm being honest, is uh, HeartMath, which is, uh, are you familiar with the HeartMath Institute? No, man, I gotta look into some of these things. Dude, yeah, especially like with your logo and with what we talked about earlier, man, you would mm -hmm. love, you would love uh, HeartMath. So, uh, heart rate variability is a measurement of uh, your brain and your heart's ability to be in coherent communication with each other. Yes. So, you know, our heart. HRV, but HeartMath yes. Institute in particular, I'm not familiar with. So the HeartMath Institute, they're basically who came up with heart rate variability and heart okay. rate variability training. And they have like these, uh, it's, it's a little thing you can clip into your phone and you clip it onto your earlobe. And it starts measuring your heart rate. And then it, you look at this little, this little symbol that as it blooms, you breathe in. And as it wanes, you exhale. And it gives you little things to focus on, like, you know, create a positive emotion, focus on your heart. It's basically like a, a meditation with neurofeedback, but the neurofeedback is heart feedback, right? Which is and so for me, because I can measure it, and because there's a level of accountability there, because it pops up on my phone, it's like, you haven't done your heart math thing. Yeah. I've made that something that I know I can do consistently that's non-negotiable and the really cool thing about that is it really helps me start to try to get out of that masculine analytical thinking and get into my feeling yin heart because I the reason why I'm addicted to information and the reason why I am constantly searching is because I'm really just trying to run away from my feelings in a different way. The alcoholism and the drug addiction turned into an information addiction. It turned into a working out addiction. It turned into a phone addiction. And I validate that by like, well, wait, we're doing a podcast. This is good, right? Or like, yeah. I'm reading quantum physics. It's good, right? But it's still a extrinsic stimulation that is not allowing me to connect with my emotional body. And so the heart, the heart math is a really good way because it's just enough of a distraction for my mind and just enough because there's science behind it and just enough because it's measurable that it does allow me to connect with my heart and my feelings. So I've been doing that uh, and making that a non-negotiable part of my routine. And then the second thing is here, and this is getting a little bit personal, which I'm fine with um, is because I, I'm kind of emotionally autistic. Uh, I, I, my, my brain works really good. My heart doesn't work very good. And so I've been really working on that because, um, like I said, like I, I really want to have a more deep, loving, real, genuine experience with my clients, with my partner, with my business, because that's really how you change your life and other people's lives, man. You know, if you look at, 
every human being, every human being on the planet that has really left a positive mark, they didn't do it through E equals MC squared. Mm -hmm. They did it through Christ consciousness. You know, they did it through unconditional love. They did it like Martin Luther King and God and me and mother Teresa and these people that lived from a vulnerable emotional state yeah. of passion and love. And that's Absolutely. what I really want to cultivate. So um, my girlfriend, my amazing, beautiful girlfriend, while tagging this too, uh, who works here <laughs> at the gym with us, uh, she's kind of the other way around. Like, you know, she's very intelligent, but she's, and, you know, she has issues with her inner dialogue and all that, like everyone. But, dude, I have never met a human being on this planet that can feel things so deeply yeah. than, than her. Like, I, I remember, I can't tell you how many times, dude, I'll walk in the house and she'll be sitting on the floor and she'll look up at me, like, bawling her eyes out, curled up into a ball. And I'm like, oh, my God, her whole family died in a car accident <laughs> or, like. There was like some major trauma, right? And then she shows me and it's like some petition to save a kitten. And I'm like, how the fuck can you get that deep with like looking at a picture of a cat on like, how is that possible, you know? Yeah. And so like, um, you know, I've created a lot of separation uh, in my relationships from past wounds, from my heart being broken with her because I'm afraid of being that vulnerable and I'm afraid of feeling that deeply. And that's something that is holding me back in every aspect of my life. So one of the things that Paul Check said that I agree with hundred percent is you shouldn't be trying to master your business. You shouldn't be trying to master your body. You shouldn't be trying to master any of this stuff until you've mastered your relationships. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't have a good, healthy, loving relationship with your partner and your family and your friends, you're skipping over the most fundamental steps and needs that humans have. So the other non-negotiable thing that we both do together now is uh, before every meal, we hold each other and we tell each other that we love each other and we give thanks for the food. And then at the end of the night, before I put my blue blockers on and read about quantum physics, uh, we hold each other again and we, and we say two things that we appreciated about each other that day or two things that we recognized about each other that day that were positive. Like gratefulness. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like gratitude, you know, like yeah. reflecting gratitude towards each yeah. other. And so those two things in the last month uh, have really changed me uh, on top of going to a, a unity church, um, which is like a non-denominational, non-religious, like conscious living church, which has been really helpful too. Yeah. That sounds really cool. So yeah. I, <laughs> to go back to what I was saying, right. In terms of living the exact same experience, like, I would love, would love to absolutely go this, 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 this. Okay, it's 6 a.m. Now I'm going to go out into the world. I feel absolutely amazing. Doesn't matter if it's Monday or Sunday or Tuesday or Thursday. I'm doing it every day, right? Because it's 24 hours. I have a chance to get better. I don't care what everyone else is doing on the weekend. I'm going to be who I want to be. I'm going to do this every morning. For the first like two months of the year, 2019 I was able to stick it out all right same here I, yeah I would do <laughs> I would do <laughs> I'd wake up I would do an ab workout immediately into five minute meditation five minute PRI five minute Wim Hof into a cold shower and then I would get dressed and go into my day and I was also working on uh, sixteen eight fasting, mm -hmm. and I, man, I felt good, right? But if I didn't do it, that amount of guilt and shame that came across me was like 
absolutely heart-wrenching. Yep. And it got, it just got too much. It, it, it came to be too much. Like I, I had to be specific. I would put a timer on five minutes of meditation, five minutes of PRI, five minutes of Wim Hof. And like at that point, all right, I'm checking my phone in between each one. How beneficial is this? You know, like I'm looking at my phone between trying to feel everything else going on around me. That doesn't seem like it's actually that beneficial. I'd get in the phone and I'd put, in the shower, I'd put a timer on. All right, you have nine, 10 minutes to take a shower. And it's like, okay, I got, if it rings, I'm out. I've got to get out. (laughs) Now I, I, sense had gone back to some things I had moved. So then my, in the, my schedule changed. So things got all out of whack for a couple months. But the only thing now that I really focus on is I wake up. My number one is I'm trying to regulate the time that I wake up. Mm-hmm. That's been an issue for me as well. I was doing four thirty for a while. I would call uh, my friend I went to school with, we would call each other every morning at oh, yeah. 4.30 in the morning, dude. Yep. We'd be like, all right, accountability, it's 4.30, wake up. Yep. And then there would be days where it was like, you know, uh, whatever, you know, it didn't happen. I'm sorry. And then all of a sudden, we just didn't even talk to each other anymore. It was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we both mm-hmm. just gave up the accountability. Like, this is too much. Yep. The two things that I've been working on is some sort of movement. Uh, either like an ab workout for five minutes or some sort of flow or some yoga poses in the morning. Uh, Even like get up and just do jumping jacks just to like wake myself up and get some instant blood flow. Um, That's been like my one non-negotiable. And my second one has been uh, at least five minutes of meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I usually do it in a lying 90-90 position with my feet on my bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so like even this morning I got into a little bit of PRI, but I, I want to do that every day, but I can't get into it. I don't know why. I know it's exactly what I need. My hips are a little out of line. My shoulders been bothering me. It's exactly what I need to focus on, but I just can't bring myself to do it. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. I don't know what mental block I need to finally figure out but there's something there that's begging me to grow, right? It's like, it's a calling. All right, you need to figure this out. It's something that you need to prioritize. But it's, it's so much harder than we, we, we can talk about it to clients like it's so much easier than it is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just don't know <laughs> where you see yourself going beyond that. Yeah. Are you familiar with Joe Dispenza's work? Yeah, I, I listened. I was actually listening to like a YouTube mix of, of him and some other doctors uh, that work in the quantum, the mm-hmm. quantum realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier today, oh, probably at like 10 this morning. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, for me, because I feel you on that. And again, this is where we or where I get into this um this cycle of guilt shame and and not being feeling worthy Mm. and it's because like again i have no lack of answers i have an i have too many answers yeah yeah. Um, so it's like that 
gives me this constant distraction where again, like I can't just get into the practice of one thing. But for me, honestly, man, I think it's because I never, I still at this point in my life, I mean, I've, I've had periods, short periods where I experienced joy and happiness and freedom, but they're very, very few and far between. Like my life, and I'm sure many people can relate to this, has just always been fear, failure, struggle, scarcity, anxiety, depression, like just 98% of the time, right? Yeah. And so, so much of my identity has been wrapped up in that, that when I feel happy and I let go and I'm laughing my ass off with my girlfriend or I'm like, you know, giving myself permission to just have a good day or whatever it is, it almost feels fake. Like it almost feels like I'm trying to make something happen that's unnatural. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it's unnatural. It's just that it's unfamiliar. And yeah. so for me, because I've been stuck in this chronic fight or flight response my whole life, and I have these self-fulfilling prophecies and beliefs around scarcity and lack and not being worthy of love, that my attachment to that has given me so much energy you know, anxiety, energy yeah. Yeah. to do so many things that my body, my unconscious, my subconscious mind, it has become so deeply addicted to it that it's like trying to take away drugs from a drug addict, uh, you know, and, and so it's this constant battle, this physiological battle for me that I'm in the process of unlearning and letting go of. And that's one of the things that my girlfriend has really helped me out with. And that's one of the things, cause I have an amazing group of friends, dude, like honestly, um, all of my business partners are literally my best friends. That's and true. the only other person that really works here uh, is my girlfriend. You know? So it's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can't really get like more fucking like wound up in deep <laughs> emotional relationships and business. And like, and dude, let me tell you, bro, because my best friend and I, who initially started this before my, my other friends kind of like hopped on board, mm -hmm. we have very similar strengths and weaknesses. So it's like, we both have like hardcore ADD, like we both have a lot of like anxiety, depression, self-doubt, all these other things. So it became this really interesting challenge to learn how to communicate with each other and hold each other accountable and responsible and be able to like tell each other what to do and kind of get on each other's ass and like, you know, do these things and try to figure out how to do it in a loving way where we're still actually friends. Yeah. You know, first like rule number one, it's like, don't yeah. go into business with friends or family. Dude, second yeah. rule is don't go into business with someone that thinks like you. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Well, see, and here's the thing though is. So guys, sorry to interrupt, but we had a minor technical difficulty here in the podcast. Um, my, my laptop had died. So, not to interrupt for too long, but don't forget to go check out Taylor and all of this great information that he's talking about from business to mindset and fitness and therapy, all of which you can find at Zero Point Athletics or Divergent Therapeutics on Instagram and many other platforms. But let's get back to it and have some fun with it. All right. Yeah. Dude, I don't even remember what you were saying. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great point. I uh, know we were talking <laughs> about uh, being in business with, uh, oh, yeah. with your best well, friend, with somebody that, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, you know, it's funny because I think that that kind of became a, uh, a saying or a thing because a lot of people, you know, when, when you have a, an emotional connection with someone and they're, they're close to you in your life, 
they're going to reflect a lot of that stuff back to you. A lot of, you know, a lot of your shadow and a lot of where you're messing up and stuff. And mm -hmm. because you already care about them, we all have this like barrier. Well, I'll just talk about myself. I've always had a barrier with communicating what someone is doing that's bothering me because I have this fear of hurting them and hurting their feelings. And I don't want to come off like a control freak and all this BS, right? So it, it can become really easy when you're in a situation with coworkers or business partners that are friends and family and, and people you're in relationships with where all this resentment and negative energy can build up because you don't feel like you can actually speak your truth to them. Yeah. And, and then you know, it, that's all, something... it all bottles up and comes out at one time. And it, yep. it's a great point to make that it's not just a business partner. It's not just a family member. It's, it's a relationship, whatever sort of relationship that is, whether it's a wife, a girlfriend, the one with your dog, you know, like yep. <laughs> any yep. sort of relationship when you are conversing with somebody else. And then that also usually turns into and manifests. And I think that's where we both are, is that we have such a good time and, and such an easy time communicating what we have wrong with ourselves that it mm -hmm. becomes so easy to just get down on yourself because yep. you're not good enough. You didn't do this or you said you were going to. Yep adhere to this morning, you know, routine. And there you are, you know, day three already off of it. Yep. You suck. And you know, you could have been better. That negative self-talk becomes very easy to manifest mm -hmm. and continue down that path and grow. Well, one thing I think is interesting too, though, is there's a benefit to it at the same time, because when, when you actually allow other people to see that part of yourself and you're vulnerable and you share it, it also opens the door because most people have some version of that going on. So if you bring it up and you start talking about it, they're like, oh, wait, so I'm not the only one that feels like I'm a fucking horrible person and a piece of shit for like not doing all these things, you know? <laughs> so like for me, one of my biggest challenges has been uh, asking for help and allowing myself to receive help. And so like in this journey, being in business with my best friends and, and working with my girlfriend and all this stuff, trying to figure out how to communicate like, hey, I'm, I'm actually struggling with something right now and I'm going through this and I, I would love some help or some support. And it's funny because when you do that, we, at least myself, many of us tell ourselves a story that, oh, well, that's going to, they're going to see me as being weak or dependent or, or, or less um, there's going to be, yeah, or there's going to be this negative connotation for it. But mm -hmm. when you're being genuine and you're sharing from your heart, it's always the opposite. They want to step in and help. They want to support you because you're, they're seeing the real you. And, and then they also can relate because we're all human and we all go through this. So <laughs> it's been like this really cool journey learning all of us how to communicate in a vulnerable, open, honest, loving way. And it's really made all of our relationships closer. Um, and, 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 and there hasn't been any resentment because even if someone like, um, you know, I have a business, one of my business partners is very forward and he's very, you know, very frank, but he has the same goal as us and he loves us all. And he's one of our best friends, but he'll kind of say stuff in a pretty brass kind of way sometimes where it's like, Hey, you're fucking up. Stop doing this and do this. And then, so if we're able to make sure that it's like, Oh, okay, well he has a loving intention and he's expressing it with some, some energy behind it because he doesn't want to bottle it up and make it some crazy bombshell resentment thing. Yeah, and I'm yeah. able to receive it. Then we're actually able to open that door and communicate. So I'm like, Oh, okay, dude, I see, I see you. I hear you. And, and I, and I see what you're pointing out in me. Um, thank you for pointing that out. Like that's something that I was kind of blind to like, can you maybe help me work through that? And then now all of a sudden they're put in a position where they're actually able to help you 
resolve what they think your issue is. And so now it's a team effort and there's open and honest communication and that resentment doesn't build up. And then it empowers them. Yeah. 100%. Right? And I think that's huge. Do you listen to, for, all right, for one, before I forget this, vulnerability, speaking on that, right? I think you need to check out, if you haven't already, a TED Talk by Brene Brown. You know Brene Brown. Oh, right. dude, I've read, I've read all of her books. All right, so you know Brene Brown. Then do you listen to, you must listen to Gary Vee. You know Gary Vee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And how he talks about leading with empathy. Like, doesn't matter where that person is coming from. There's something about that that is true. There is something about that that you can learn from. There's something about that that they're looking to get out of it. They're saying it for a reason. Mm-hmm. And they're acting on it for a reason. So if you can bring that empathy into the situation and meet their energy with either a polarity, you know, difference, if they're in a negative place and bring them, you know, bring in more positive, if they're in a balanced place, meet them right there. And if they're in a positive place, you know, come from a place of, uh, you know, perspective and like well maybe you shouldn't get too high maybe you Mm -hmm. you should take a step back and think about how i was feeling and why i did that and i want to bring that to your perspective Mm -hmm. uh but that that right there the empathy and the vulnerability is is what ultimately leads to communication and ultimately leads to less issues less problems and the answer I actually tweeted this two days ago uh, and I heard it from Gary V. The answer to any problem forever is communication. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Any problem that you have can be worked out. And he actually just did a podcast with uh, a woman named Marie, I believe, or something else. And uh, she wrote a book, uh, Everything is Figure Outable. everything is figure outable you if you talk through it if you work through it if you feel through it and act in a sense of empathy and use your heart to take the information you have and put it to good practice there's going to be something that benefits mostly everybody in the room absolutely man and when you look at communication it's interesting because it's not just words you know the state of being that you're in your body language your breathing tonality all of those things create a situation whether you're going to be seen or heard or not and this is sales 101 man you know mm-hmm. when you're when you're interacting with someone and you're not able to create a posture and a tonality and a and a form of body language that allows them to feel safe and that they can trust you then it does not matter what words you're using so like yeah. for example you know i and this is where i need to do a lot of work dude because i have um, you know, I've been put in a couple boxes, ADD, OCD, and on the autism spectrum. And I don't know if I believe any of that or agree to any of that. But yeah. one thing I do know for sure is I have an incredible hypersensitivity to sound and light. And so okay. um, when, and a lot of that comes from stuff that uh, I experienced as a kid and my dad kind of modeled uh, because he was going through a lot of stuff. And so like the second someone shifts to a tone where they're kind of like angry and frustrated, I immediately start to sink and get defensive and pull away. And it's really this morning with my client, my 7am client got frustrated because we weren't on the same page and it had nothing to do with working out. We were just chatting about something and he was like, I didn't understand you. And I was like, yep. <laughs> just like, <laughs> All right. Yeah. I put my head down. I like, didn't even want to go any further. 
then like came back two minutes later and just changed the subject. Like it was a yeah. quiet two minutes. And then I was like, you know what, let's just throw some different topic out there. Yep. yep. Well, it's interesting because like for me, my hyper reaction to tonality is just old wounds that I have from family stuff because I would, you know, I experienced a lot of really intense, frustrated, angry tonalities as a kid. Yep. And so it, I have like, some trauma around that and so like it makes it hard for me to be empathetic so like if my girlfriend she's also a volleyball coach if she has a volleyball tournament that really stressed her out and she's incredibly competitive and passionate so like it has nothing to do with me like like she's like reenacting the game but she's like yelling and like and then fucking and like it like it has nothing to do with me but I start getting defensive and frustrated and angry just because I hyper react to the tonality, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so much of the way that we communicate is not even just the words. The articulation of the speech is one of the least important parts because if you're in a calm, grounded, open, vulnerable, loving state of being, yep. the words you choose are a lot less important, you yep. know? And, and people are gonna hear and receive that a lot better. Uh, one of my favorite audio programs is called Nonviolent Communication, and I need to listen to it about 10 more times. Uh, I think Marshall Rosenberg is the guy's name. Okay. And uh, he talks about how through body language, tonality, and also the words that you use, you can kind of express yourself in a way where it's almost impossible for the other person to get defensive. And so that they actually will always see and hear you. And then you can actually posture yourself to where you always see and hear them. Because at the end of the day, communication is a process of being seen and heard. Mm -hmm. And so like, it doesn't matter what words you're using and how well you explain it if the person is not going to confirm and validate that you're being seen and heard, yeah. right? So like, that's why, you know, when someone expresses something to me now, I make an effort to say, I, I hear you. Or like, you know, thank you for sharing that. I, I hear what you're trying, I hear what you're saying. And actually, let me take it a step further. Is it okay if I reflect what I heard you say back to you, just so I know for sure I'm hearing what you're trying to tell me? And, and so then, yeah, 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 because, you know, I'll say something like, you know, you express something to me and I'll go, okay, can I reflect this back to you? Because I'm telling myself the story in my mind right now. I'm creating the situation that this is what you said. And I want to make sure that I'm really hearing you because I want to make sure that you're getting your point across and you're being seen and being heard. So I heard this. Is that accurate? And if not, can you please work with me so we can, we can, we can work through this? Because my number one goal is for you to be seen and heard right now. And being able to prioritize that automatically the person's not going to be defensive because you're not disagreeing with them or saying they're right or wrong. No, you're just yeah. saying, Hey, I heard this. I'm owning that. I might be misunderstanding it. And then again, you ask for help. Can you please help me understand what you're trying to say better? Because my goal is to hear you. And when you're in that place, then so much of the pressure is taken off because yeah. it's not a battle and it's not about being right and wrong. It's just like, no. I want to understand you and, you know, and it, I'm going to own it. It empowers them one to further articulate what they were saying so that they fully understand because it's very easy to say things on a surface level, but not understand where it came from. Yep. Um, but two, it allows you to really empower them, make them feel heard and make sure there are no uh, unfilled cracks. Like everything is filled in. You have all the information you need to now cultivate and move forward. And I think the easiest and kind of most simple way to think about that for people is something that I've been working on is hi, my name is. And when they tell you it's nice to meet you, doesn't really work. You tend to forget their name five minutes later. Nice to meet you, Taylor 
is going to automatically sink your memory into that emotion that you felt when you met them, when you shook their hand, when you gave them a hug, when you looked in their eyes. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, now I know. Every time I see that person, I'm going to know their name from the jump. But that's something that people struggle with, with it, you know, in and with itself. And being able to have a conversation the next time and not say, I'm so sorry. Like, what was your name again? When you can say, Hey, Taylor, how are you doing, man? How, how was your last week? How have you been? How was your morning? Then all of a sudden it changes. Yeah. It's like, Oh, okay. You know, yeah. I was important enough to remember. Mm-hmm. And it's in, in part, it's like manipulation, but it's really for the betterment of everybody. It's not that I'm manipulating anybody or you're manipulating anybody to just re say what they were saying or just to listen more now when you talk. It's just a matter of increasing that vibration that we're connecting on. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, we call into our rea- into our reality what we're in vibratory accord with. So mm-hmm. it's like when you when you're creating that that emotional that emotion or that thought which is an electromagnetic frequency yeah. you're either going to co-resonate uh oh sorry someone <laughs> called me uh, you're either going to co-resonate with them yeah. or, or you're not and 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 you're going you're going to meet them at that same level that you're at so like if you go into a meeting and you're defensive or something about their body language or something already sets you off, then you're going to start creating this story and telling yourself the story, whether it's from their appearance, their, their body language, their tonality or whatever. And you're going to now create that simulation in your mind that that person's that way. And you're going to put them in that box mm-hmm. when again, it could be something that you're completely misinterpreting because of that miscommunication. And that's why asking for clarity, it, it does exactly what you said, man. It, it validates like this person actually cares about what I'm saying repeating what you heard back to them again does the same thing and then saying okay are we in agreement now is are we both talking about the same thing and then there's closure on it you know so that's not like there's all these untied loose ends where you don't know what people think and feel about you and then if a disagreement comes up or something happens you can literally say hey you know we both i repeated back to you what you said and you told me that I was understanding you and we made an agreement based off of that. Mm-hmm. So now if you're changing the story there, then we are no longer in agreement about what that understanding was. And, and now there is an issue of integrity and that actually could create, you know, some trust issues. And that could be a way that you filter people in and out of your life because dude, I mean, Cole, man, one of these days on one of these podcasts, or I'm going to go on some long monologue about how this whole business started. It started on a series of the most fucked up cascading miscommunications I've ever heard of in my life. And it is a miracle that we are even still in business. And it's a miracle that somehow we upgraded and we have a facility with almost 200 members and all this badass shit. It's like, what in the hell is this possible? How did this happen with so many insane mistakes and miscommunications that happen? But when I look back, I'm like, wait, if those wouldn't have happened, we wouldn't be here. I mean, dude, literally the first seven months of our business we were illegally subleasing from someone on a verbal agreement that didn't even have a handshake behind it. Uh, and, and it's like, what the fuck is going on? And then it's like, but it ended up being a really, you know, it didn't work out just to put it lightly. So the fact that we weren't in a lease and that we weren't in an agreement actually saved our ass. So it was like this really weird thing where it was like, and it was a huge life happening for me or to me. I'm sure you learned so much more by going through that than you ever would by by not yep 
That's awesome. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> Came out on so, top. <laughs> yeah, man. It's been a trip. It's been a trip. But um, so yeah, man. So what is what is the next step in the future? What is what is besides you adding in the garden and adding in all of these things? Um, where do you kind of see it going in five years? What is the goal? What is the mission? Are you looking to spread that gym and, you know, make more of them? Are you looking to just grow the size of your community there? What's kind of the goal? Well, honestly, man, um, you know, zero point really means infinite potential. So uh, the way that I've like kind of postured myself in this is to just really be completely open to whatever my intuition and soul tells me. And um, for me right now, I really want to focus just on building this out because, dude, we're infants in regard to like (laughs) business, right? Like me and my uh, one of our business partners, he has a lot of experience, but like me and everybody else, dude, like we're just falling forward and barely not curb stomping ourselves like (laughs) on the barely catching ourselves all the time but um you know i really want to help create uh, a movement that starts to dissolve these barriers you know like i want to be you know i wish that a gym like this existed that i could join and so i'm trying to create like what i wish existed and what i wish existed is a place where i could go i could get worked on if i need to get worked on i can hit a sauna i like there my biohacking i could do a working in class with a with a joe dispenza quantum meditation i could buy my meat there i could buy my vegetables there they got cold brew cbd lines main infused drinks on tap you know like this kind of like um intentional holistic healing community that it also just happens to be a badass gym and um that's kind of like the next three to five years is building that out but i really want to create like a zero point academy where we can start working with kids and reframing how children learn. Um, Because to me, if I would have been, if I would have had role models and a sense of community Mm -hmm. that I was a part of when I was younger, that gave me access to these concepts and ideas, um, you know, who knows, maybe it would have completely fucked me up, but like, you know, I want to be able to provide that. I want to be able to provide yeah. that for people, you know, where when, you know, it's so sad, dude. I mean, when I was in high school, cause I got kicked out of normal high school and had to go to continuation school. <laughs> and um, when I was at the continuation school, our PE class for sophomore and senior year was lit- literally for an hour a day, we would walk in a circle. That, that was, that was it. We would literally just walk in a circle uh-huh. and I got so fed up with it. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I got so fed up with it because one of the cool things about the school was, is they allowed you to kind of like, uh, get credits in a lot of unique ways. And mm-hmm. so I started a petition. I was like, Hey, can I start my own PE class and start it and make it advanced PE? And we'll actually just work out and we'll get some dumbbells and shit and do body weight workouts and stuff like that. Yeah, and right. so I started that with some meditation as a group and got a petition and got it all filled out. And I was able to start this little advanced PE group. And that's the only reason why I graduated <laughs> because I got credits for it. Um, like, that's you know, <laughs> there needs to be more of that like available to people so even if it's like there's not zero point academies but it's like if we can network with schools and go out and teach um um PE teachers and and staff at facilities like how to be grounded how to breathe how to channel that anxiety what it really means where it's really coming from and how it really is a gift to me that would that would fill my heart up with so much joy man because um you know I uh because I can relate Cause I've, I, I've been there and I still am there half the time. Yeah. You know? it's, <laughs> we have the exact same vision. Um, I've been talking about doing limitless theory schools and yep. 
part of me moving that direction already is that I, uh, I'm a mentor in the uh, county and I have a, a mentee that I go see once a week throughout the school year. Um, and I've been trying to figure out how to use that, you know, connection with that whole county school system to do some sort of after school kind of like, I would, I would say my, the first two things I would hit would be, uh, fitness and meditation. So yep. getting them physically active and then putting them in a meditative state to go home in. Yep. Uh, because I think we both know meditating and then getting into a, a hyperactive state and then going home isn't going to really benefit the parents, them or their schoolwork mm -hmm. and their school grades. Mm -hmm. But if you can, when they get out of school, everyone has that rush of energy, put that to good use, put that into some fitness education, how to manifest the body that, you want how to actually use your body to create blood flow, get rid of pain and feel what there is to be, you know, felt for physical uh, ability. Like there's people out there that can do the most phenomenal things with their body. And it's just so easy to sit there on Instagram and look at it and be like, Oh, I wish I could do that. But to give them the tools to be almost tricked into wow that's possible i could do that and it almost is a tricking like you you change their brain chemistry into believing that they can attain something like that themselves yep. and then giving that ability to meditate and understand what is going on outside of their physical feeling outside of you know why their teacher teaches this way you know and, and being able to bring empathy into a classroom is insane that that ability for kids to kind of manifest that knowledge and put it to good use is why i love going about the school way because there's so many things that adults already know but they, they just don't want to put into action they're mm -hmm. kind of they have the ability to change but it's not going to be from a constant evolution of education, it's just going to be on turning that switch on or off. They have the education, it's turn it on or turn it off. Mm -hmm. And we're only, you, when you hit the kids, the kids can bring that information home and change the parents. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. a lot easier to go that route than change the parents and have them try to change the kids. Yep. Um, so I think that's a, awesome idea dude I, I love that and maybe we should just meet in the middle you take the whole western <laughs> side of the yep you take the western side of the country i'll take the Heck yeah dude board, and we'll just meet in the middle in a cornfield somewhere in you know yeah. iowa or nebraska <laughs> <laughs> dude hell yeah well uh, you know it's funny because you brought you brought up like kind of tricking people and, and like um you know, I, I have clients all the time who come in like they're about to have a surgery or like they've been diagnosed with something. They have severe pain, pain, chronic pain, whatever. And, and this doesn't always happen, but uh, it happens pretty regularly where in like one session or maybe 20 minutes into one session, yeah. they have zero pain. And then they literally, dude, so many of them freak out and they're like, did you hypnotize me? Or they'll go like, <laughs> like what? Like, is this a trick? Like when I walk out of here, like, is there some machine in here? Is this like a hologram? Like they'll trip out to the point where they're like, this isn't real. Like you, you did something to me. And I'm like, well, you're not wrong. 
but changing your belief system and a little bit of hypnosis or a little bit of reframing because uh, pain happens from your brain, dude. Brain, yes. your pain is in your brain. And pain so it's like, brain. you know, those you can get neurons. Yep. Yep. You can get someone parasympathetic and to just let go of your attachment to it. It's like, whoa, what the heck did you do to me? And, <laughs> and I think that that's okay because we're brainwashing ourselves all the time, but we're usually doing it unconsciously. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I love brainwashing, dude. And that's why I love Colts, but we just need good Colts and good brainwashing. <laughs> yeah. my, uh, the, the CEO of, of my online business company, he talks about how he, he performs brain surgery. And I'm not going to teach you about economics. I'm not going to teach you about buying things and selling things. I'm, he, he tells people like he'll end up on a plane with somebody and like he'll sit down to somebody. Oh, what do you do for a living? He, oh, I'm a part-time brain surgeon. And they're like, wait, part-time. Oh, that's can awesome. you do that part-time? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I can show you if you want. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm going to steal that. That's awesome. <laughs> so then he'll literally just sit there and pick their brain. Yep. And the best part, he talks about it all the time. He's like, and then on a plane, like, what are they going to do? Get up and leave? No, they're yep. stuck. <laughs> yep. That's awesome, dude. They're under anesthesia. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yep. <laughs> it's so funny. But, dude, uh, I mean, we've, we've hit on so many different things. So many different things. This has been amazing. And I don't even want to cut it short because I feel like we could talk for another three hours. Yeah, for sure, man. But I feel like uh, you may have something to do. I know I have to. <laughs> I have yep. Yeah, to I got to go too, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is definitely something we should do again, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, we got to figure out, for one, I want to get your opinion um, on some of the things that I'm doing and get feedback on how to get rid of some of the, the ailments that I'm dealing with. Um, cause I, I always need that added perspective. Um, two, I want, uh, to definitely set up another one of these. And then three, I want to set up something that we can maybe do together in conjunction Absolutely. of some other sort. Um, maybe not a podcast, but something else that we can brainstorm up. Yeah, man. Um, but before we, go our separate ways. Where can everybody find you uh, and, and go dive into your world and content and, and things? Well, uh, the gym's page is, uh, would be at Zero Point Athletics, Z-E-R-O-P-O-I-N-T Athletics. And then my therapy page, uh, which has a lot of philosophy and a lot of opinion, but also a lot of therapy and stuff, is uh, Divergent, then dot therapeutics. Um, uh, on Instagram or at divergent.therapeutics. And then my personal page, which has some pretty interesting, deep, weird crap, crap on it would just be my name, Taylor Fakus. Uh, and uh, you might think I'm a little insane if you go through some of that stuff, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, man, I would love to do this again. And then also, you know, one of the things you brought up when we were planning this, you're like, Hey, do you want to kind of have a theme? And I'm like, well, I like to just talk to someone first. And then it's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, well, there's one or two themes that came up here that we could make a whole podcast on. Oh, 100%. Um, so, you know, maybe we can go together with a theme, whether it's like biomechanics or emotional stuff or spirituality or physics, pick one and really dig deep into it. Because, uh, you know, I loved our conversation, but yeah, we were just, you know, just flowed and went all over the place. And that's awesome. Um, yeah. But it's, it's good to, it's good to, to zoom in a little bit too. Um, yeah. So I'm down for all that, man. And, and I appreciate the opportunity and I would love to create some more stuff, man. Sweet, man. I really appreciate it. I have one more question for you. Yes. Uh, if there were three things that everybody could add to their daily routine, uh, 
something that they prioritize every day for better emotional, physical, nutritional, any sort of health, what would it be? I would say number one, dude, is, is not, I mean, it's literally practicing the experience of gratitude, like the emotional state of gratitude, not just like writing down on the list, like, oh, I'm grateful for my cats and my coffee and this and that. It's like, no, because then it's just, it's just up here. But getting to where you feel the warmth in your heart and your heart swell up and grow with gratitude, which mm-hmm. you have to do it on the days you don't want to do it the most. That's- I mean, you know, like even with my girlfriend and I, uh, there's been a couple of times where, you know, we're not like, you know, we're button heads a little bit or whatever. And it comes to the end of the night, we're supposed to say like what we're thankful for, or <laughs> da, 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 whatever. Right. And, it, and it's like, there's this resistance there and I'll lay there and I'm like, is she going to do it first? Am I going to do it first? And like, she's like turned away from me already. And I'm like turned away from her. And I'm like, all right, fuck this. I need to tell her what I'm grateful for and what, and, and there, there's gotta be something and it's gotta be real. And then I do it. And then she's like, all right. And then she does it. And then, you know, we don't go to bed and frustrated and it, and it just works, you know, but it, you have to be able to overcome that resistance to good feelings and, and just allow them to happen. Um, so I would say gratitude, man, like the experiencing the emotion of gratitude would be number one. Um, the second thing would be to come up with some habit um, and there's a lot of different ways that you can, you can anchor yourself in this. Like um, there's olfactory anchoring, which you could even, even use a smell, right? So like, let's say that every time you're going to meet a new client or, or you're going to interact with anybody and talk about something or whatever, you're meeting friends for lunch, you're going to go hang out with your family to when you have that feeling of gratitude, that emotion of gratitude, take out a bottle of doTERRA peppermint or something and smell it, create an association with it. So mm-hmm. then when you go to interact with people and you're going to make a sale or you're going to meet with a client or you're going to do whatever, whip out that thing of peppermint, take a deep breath in and then create that feeling of gratitude, but then apply it, come up with a habit or a ritual where you are intentionally interacting instead of habitually reacting with people in your life um, and, and make it a practice, like make it something tactile that you can do. Um, putting your hands over your heart, smelling something, whatever, come up with whatever thing works for you. So I would say that would be number two, because I really believe that the greatest gift we can give each other is our presence and our love. And that comes from that feeling of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and finally, I would say um, to, to kind of look at like, you know, not just meditation, because like that's a really loaded word and, and mindfulness is too. But like, I think specifically for me and for a lot of us, trying to connect with our inner child. So like when you make an effort on a daily basis, because it's like, if you want to talk about your higher self, dude, your highest self was the one that you were born with. Because that was a pure, unconditional, innocent, vulnerable soul. And that's inside of all of us. So like making it a routine to say like, what would the three or five or six year old version of me be doing in this situation would they be telling me to play more have more fun to like to love more to like jump up and down and do something crazy because i feel like one of the things there's a major deficiency of as in the adult world is play because really how adults are supposed to play is through you know intimacy it's through through sex right and there's a whole nother podcast we could do with all the dysfunction that goes along with that but it's like you know you can have that playful loving intimate energy with male friends and that's not a sexual thing you know and, or even female friends it's not a sexual thing that's fully appropriate and monogamous and healthy and safe i think that's a big thing is like understanding the fact that you interacting with someone of a you know you're in a relationship and you interact with someone that's you know the opposite gender and all of a sudden it's oh 
he was flirting with this one. He was cheating on this. It's like that's that stuff is absolutely so crazy to think that people still yep. stuck in that mindset. Yep. And then to go back to the child part, you talked about that earlier in the sense that <clears throat> they have it figured out more than we do. And it's almost yep. because they've nothing figured out. They yep. haven't attached any sort of word to a, you know, a concept or a theory or an experience. They're just doing, they're just feeling, they're just mm -hmm. experiencing. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. no sense of identity. There's no sense of label. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's a big part of it. That's probably a big part of why we're able to work with them and we're able to change that mindset. And it's actually really funny. One of my, my good buddies, Mike, who I know will watch this, he is studying to get his personal training certification now. And he goes, I want to work with people for now, but in the long run, I want to work with dogs. Cause that's they, awesome. he was like, they're not going to give me bullshit. They're, they're yeah. <laughs> like, they're just going to do right there. You, you, you know, they're going to show up and they're just going to do what they came to do. Yep. It doesn't matter if it's Sunday or Monday. Like, yep. <laughs> it doesn't yep. matter to them. So that's huge. And connecting with that inner child, man, it, I, that's a big reason I just like to do free flow, uh, animal movements of that sort. And just put, I just, for like five minutes, we'll just fucking move, just do something. Yep. Um, yep. That's a huge part of it. And it makes yep. even just run around the gym like an idiot and like jump on yep. the, you know, the bars or the rings and flip upside down and like... <laughs> You just have to move sometimes. You just have to act like you're, you know, in a lava situation and you got to jump. Yep. Place yep. Together. <laughs> That's why I love swinging my mace, dude. Swinging the mace just, uh, it does that for me a hundred percent. Yeah, I can tell you, you almost like have a smile on your face when you're doing yep. it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, dude. I love it. <laughs> so funny. All right, man. You have anything else you want to say? You want to nah, dude, that's it. I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to working together a little bit and, uh, you know, um, just send me over some kind of link or whatever so I can share this to the people that follow me so they can yeah. also follow you. Cause I, Absolutely. I think that's, I guess if there's one last thing I would say, it's like, you know, and, and anyone who follows my page, especially the story, I give shout outs to people all the time. Like I'm trying mm -hmm. to feature other people that I enjoy and I think are doing good stuff all the time. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because that scarcity mindset where most people are either talking shit on each other <laughs> or they're like, they see someone else do something cool and then they just, they do it. And then they pretend like they never got it from somewhere else. And there's, yeah. no, <laughs> there's no like credit given or anything like that. Yeah. It's like, dude, it just, that doesn't even work good. No. Like it's so much better to just, put everyone up on this pedestal who you actually think are good who you actually think are doing good shit and then to just let go of the attachment to even needing anything to come back yeah and so you know if you guys you know if, if you and your followers and my followers enjoy what we do follow each other's pages share stuff share it with your friends share it with your family and because the if there's one thing that i can sense that both of us have it's it's a genuine it's a genuine intention to express what we feel like is best for ourselves and our ability to serve the world. And if that's what someone's doing, you should fucking share that shit. I mean, honestly, dude, it kind of, if there's one thing that triggers me a little bit and I'm not talking about anyone in particular, but so many of people who I know, friends, family, like who I really know, like who live near me yeah. have never even came to our gym or who have <laughs> never, have never shared a post and I have people in I have a dude in Florida that's like hell yeah this dude's awesome let's get on a podcast I'm like where are you all where are you guys at like come on dude like if one of my friends had a freaking biohacking gym dude I'd be like where can I hand out flyers you know dude, so it's just 100%. like it's, it's interesting to me but that's that's about it 
people don't want to support, dude. It blows my mind. Like a like, a share, uh, yeah. a referral, even yeah. just telling a story, that helps so much and people really refuse does. to do it. Even yeah. just going into your gym and saying, oh, Taylor, I like the place. Like this looks cool. Or today I bought, I bought my friend's uh, new apparel shirt. It's like he does the same thing I do. He could mm -hmm. be, we could be taking clients from each other. It's like, no, yep. why, what is that going to do yep. for either one of us? <laughs> There's fucking 7 billion people out there. <laughs> that yep. client isn't going to make or break my, you know, my success as a personal yep. trainer or an athletic trainer or a nutrition yep. coach or a business owner. None of that. Yep. You can't yeah. try and associate yourself with that. But I totally agree. I totally agree. Everyone go check out Taylor, everything he's about, Divergent, zero point it's crazy stuff on his personal page uh whatever it may be. <laughs> <laughs> for sure man well i appreciate the time dude and we'll talk again soon man so. yeah man Alrighty, thank man. you i appreciate you, you have a good rest of your day all right likewise uh, peace, peace. Please, y'all, if you were able to take anything from today's podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and anybody looking to live that free and limitless lifestyle. Or you could even write a review or leave a comment down below for us. It'll be greatly appreciated. Also, the LT360 podcast is partnered with lots of awesome companies, and we do not partner lightly. These brands are all well-approved from a moral, ethical, and product standpoint. So please feel free to do your research, but I do not think you'll be disappointed in what you find. So please go check out the Limitless Theory apparel store and all the gear that we have over there. I apologize for not doing a specific line or creative for the Breast Cancer Awareness Month sale that is going on. There is no exclusive shirts, but there is a month-long exclusive sale going on at the Limitless Theory Apparel Store. So head over to LimitlessTheory3.com and head to apparel or store or go to my Instagram and check out the bio and check out the apparel store, teespring.com backslash Limitless Theory. 10% off your order if you use capital B-C-A-M at checkout, standing for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. All proceeds and profits are going to get donated to a Breast Cancer Awareness Foundation at the end of the month. Go check it out. Go support. Secondly, the podcast today was brought to you by Isotonics. Isotonics.com backslash Limitless Theory is where you'll find all the top of the line, world ed, world's most advanced nutraceuticals that I've been using for more than four years. They have changed my life. I haven't been sick in five years. I was able to get rid of patella tendonitis get through a broken foot without any uh, pain medications. Uh, these things have done wonders for me, and I'm sure they'll do the same for you. Check out some of the reviews at isotonics.com, and if you choose to buy anything, go to isotonics.com backslash Limitless Theory and use code 10OFFMA, that is 10OFF, capital M capital A, 10 off MA, all capitals for 10% off at isotonics.com, the world's most advanced nutraceuticals. And lastly, uh, today's podcast is brought to you by greenmarket.com. Green Market 
is a wholesale market that'll provide you wholesome products by cutting out the middleman at wholesale prices. There are no memberships fees and there's a green points program. They're going to save you some serious green if you know what I mean and they are going to provide affordable access to healthy products and reduce the carbon footprint of online shopping. So support the U.S. farmers and green businesses everywhere by shopping at greenmarket.com and if you are a customer of mine on shop.com which is free to sign up for and it'll take you less than five minutes you will earn up to three percent cash back on anything you purchase on greenmarket.com so if you are interested head over there check it out if there's anything you like and you want to earn some cash back and save some money while shopping let me know send me a direct message facebook message text call email whatever it may be Alrighty. Once again, this podcast is a reality for me, the guests, and yourself, the listener, because of these established partnerships. So please continue to support these awesome brands and people. Remember, I am, we are, life is limitless. I'll talk to you next time. Peace.